Open your Bibles tonight, if you would, to Luke chapter 17. The book of Luke is, is a, uh, it has so many, so much instruction that came from the Lord Jesus, many parables that, that he told. But uh, in Luke 17, there's a passage that is particularly appropriate considering where we are in America today. Um, and we've talked about this in the past. We are very much in a situation in our country, in America, where that which the Bible calls good is being called bad. And that which the Bible says is wrong is being exalted as being good. Everything is turned upside down. Uh, the Old Testament talks about the fact that there come a time when truth is fallen in the streets, and equity cannot enter. Um, and, and we're sort of at that spot now. And, and when that happens, we start feeling the pressure of a society in which we're living where things are not going the way we have historically enjoyed them, you know, not, not the way they used to be. And, uh, and we're not sure where it's going to be at the end. Then questions arise, and, and, and that was sort of the situation here. When the Pharisees come to ask Jesus a question. Now, most of the time when the Pharisees came to ask Jesus a question, they were doing so to try to trap him. They weren't really sincere in their desire to get an answer. And yet when Jesus answers, the answer that he gives them is sincere. And it is right. And though we can't be certain of the Pharisees' motive, we can be certain of the truth of our Savior's response. So notice beginning verse 20, Luke chapter 17, the Bible says that when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. In other words, there's not, you, you can't look around and see things and, and know when it's going to come. Uh, verse 21, neither shall, I, shall they say, lo here or lo there. In other words, you, you, we're not going to be able to look at things that are going on and say, oh, look, look, there it is. There's, a, there's an indication that it's coming very, very, very soon. What we can say is that it's coming sooner today than it was coming yesterday. Every day that passes, we're one day closer to the Lord's return and the Lord establishing his kingdom. And, um, and, and so we should anticipate it as if it were coming uh, right away. Uh, verse 21, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Uh, now the Bible says that we as believers already have the privilege of sitting together with them in heavenly places. We have a relationship with the Lord that is on a heavenly plateau. Um, because of the fact that we are, our sins are forgiven. We've been reconciled to God. And so when we think about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven or, 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 or you know, as always being future, that's not 
that's not the truth. It starts the very moment you get saved. Um, we talk about the benefit of salvation that we call heaven as being a future benefit and, uh, and the place called heaven is yet future for us but the life that we have that makes it possible for us to live in heaven eternally with the Lord began the day you got saved that's not something that's yet to come so as we think about these things while there is the, the rapture is yet to come and the Lord's establishing his kingdom two separate things uh, both of them are still yet future our relationship with the Lord gives us the benefit of some of those things even now not in a physical sense but in a spiritual sense and we need to realize that so he said the kingdom of God is within you and uh, verse 22 and he said unto the disciples the days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Now that's a, a very clear picture, I believe, of the rapture. Uh, there are going to be those who are going about their daily lives and they will not have heeded the truth that many of them here preached in churches just like this, that there's coming a day when the Lord's going to come back and only those who have put their trust in Christ are going to be taken. When Noah built the ship, they laughed at him. They called him crazy Noah probably. They, uh, they, they said there, there can't be anything that he's talking about. We don't even know what rain is. How Water's going to fall from the sky? They didn't, they didn't believe him. And they ignored the warning that he was giving them until the very day that the rain started. And then the Lord shut the door and they were left. And there are going to be those who have ignored the warning when, when the Lord returns. So, um, and then verse 28 says, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold. They planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. You know what our, our, our first reaction is when a tragedy occurs. A house catches fire or, or something very, very tragic occurs. Our first reaction is to go get the stuff that we value if there's any way possible. Jesus is saying when that day comes, you don't need to be thinking that way. Uh, 
let me give you a good reason why you don't need to be thinking that way. Because everything that you would retrieve, you're not going to be able to take with you anyway. There's no, there's no value to the things we have, the physical possessions we have on this earth, beyond our time on this earth. When we are in the presence of the Lord, all of this is going to seem like uh, just a bunch of rubble. And I said it before, and I think it's true. I, we talk about things, you know what I mean? Uh, my mom and dad, my mom died in 2006. My dad died in 2008. And so my parents have been gone for, uh, what, 14, 15 years, something like that. And, uh, but they're not gone. They're just in heaven. They're with the Lord. And, and they're things, you know, I... I, I think about all of the modern uh, technology that we have and how different things are today. And, and sometimes we'll talk, and I think, man, you know, my mom and dad, if they, if they were able to come back and see what they have been able to do today, I mean, the, the TVs that we have, can you believe what, the, what they've done with the technology with the TVs and the vehicles, the automobiles, and... and Drive down the road, and you press a button, and you say, call so-and-so. And it doesn't. You know, they didn't even have a phone in the car to call anybody, period. They didn't even have a, a cell phone. Oh, well, I guess they did have a cell phone back then. Didn't have to use it, but they had a cell phone, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, it was all new to them. And, and we think, wouldn't they be impressed with what they saw down here if they came back? I think when we say that kind of thing, we forget where they are. They're not going to be impressed with what they see down here because of what they've seen up there. And, and it's our thinking that gets so twisted up and our values that become so, so messed up. And, uh, and so in that day, uh, uh, if, if, if he's on the housetop and his stuff is in the house... Don't go back into the house to get your stuff. If, if you're out in the field, don't go back to your house to get your stuff. That's of no value to you. It's not, it's not going to be any value at all. Verse 32, remember Lot's wife. And then verse 33, whosoever shall seek to see, save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed, and one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. So Jesus is talking to them about what's going to happen and about the importance of being ready and, the, and about the importance of having your values right so that you don't get twisted up and, and thinking how bad it is that you got to leave all this. Um, we, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's normal because we're human. And, and, and I'm not ready to go home right now. But if I did, when I got there, I wouldn't want to come back and stay another couple of years. You know, it's, it's that, kind, that kind of a thing. But what's interesting to me is you have all of this where he's talking about the day when, when the, the, 
the, the Lord's going to come back. The Lord's going to return. And, uh, and, and he gives these illustrations about Noah and Lot. And then right in the middle of it, verse 32, there are three words. He says, remember Lot's wife. And we read this and we focus on everything else. And, and so often we forget to remember Lot's wife. Now, what do we know about Lot's wife? We have a, a pretty, pretty uh, significant understanding. If you've studied scripture at all, you know that she didn't want to leave. And uh, she, she ended up turning into a pillar of salt. And, uh, and yet, Jesus said it's important to remember her. And so, let's go back and look at her, what happened with her, and, uh, and just remember the circumstances, and then think about how they apply in this situation. So turn back, if you would, to the book of Genesis, the 19th chapter. Genesis chapter 19. Now Lot had uh, pitched his tent towards Sodom, um, the Bible says that when, you know, the battle between Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen and, uh, and the land was not big enough. And so Abraham said, you go one way, I'll go the other. You choose whatever you don't take, I'll take. And the Bible says that Lot looked up and beheld all, that all the plains of Sodom were well watered. And, uh, and he pitched his tent toward Sodom. And uh, the next thing you know that he's, we find him sitting at the gate of Sodom, which means that he'd gotten involved and come in leadership. And then we find him in this situation, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 19. The Lord had made it clear that he was going to deal with Sodom. And, uh, and so verse 1 of chapter 19 of the book of Genesis, the Bible says, There came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray ye, unto, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Well, not, well Lot was trying to be a... a a good Samaritan. He was, he was trying to be a good host for the city. And so he invites them to come to his house and, and sleep overnight. And, uh, and then they could get up the next day. And they said, no, no, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll just stay here in the street all night. Verse 3, and Lot pressed upon them greatly. And so they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did break, bake unleavened bread and they did eat. Verse 4, but before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house around, both old and young, till the people, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in unto thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out the door unto them and shut the door after him. And said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Well, that's encouraging, is it not? 
for Lot to say, hey, listen, you ought not be doing this. I mean, he's taking a position that's saying, this is not right. This, this is wicked what you're talking about. That, that's Knowing what we know about Lot and what's coming next, it's a little bit shocking to think that he had that much of a, an allegiance to truth still. Because what he says next kind of just destroys that all. Look at verse number 8. Behold now, I have two daughters, which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. How do you like that? I mean, he, he was willing to offer his daughters as sacrifices to protect those men. Now, it's, it's laudable, it's a good thing that he wanted to protect the man, the man. But it, it's not a good thing how he was trying to do it. To think that he had no more concern for his daughters than to give them up to the men. That's, that's what he was going to do. Um, verse number 9, and they said, stand back. And they said again, this one, and, and they said again, this one fellow came into sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. They said, we're coming in anyway. Verse 10, but the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot from the house, into the house to them, and shut the door. Now that is a picture of God's mercy. He grabbed Lot and kept him from getting what he was about to get, which is what he deserved. God was merciful to Lot. And, and, uh, and so they pulled him in and shut the door. And then verse 11 says, They smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. So they took care of that situation. Now we come to verse 12. What, what would you think Lot would think at, at that point? Wow. Well, that, that's, that's wonderful. They, they protected us. I didn't have to offer my daughters. The, the, they, they didn't get the men, and, and now they're suffering. That's a good thing. You would think Lot would be very, very grateful for that. Verse number 12, the men said unto Lot, hast thou, any, uh, hast thou here any besides, son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in this, daughter, in, in this city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. So the men give him the message. We're here to destroy the city, and we want to get you out of here before that happens. Verse number 14, And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and set up, Get you out of this place. For the Lord will destroy this city, but he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-laws. They were not going to pay much attention to him because his testimony was that he really didn't care about all that stuff. And uh, verse 15, when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, 
lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Verse 16. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. I would think that if I had been in that situation, and they came in and said, hey, we're warning you, the city's about to go up in smoke. You need to get out of here now. I think I'd have been on the way out ahead of them. I don't think I'd have been standing around, looking around, and, 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 and uh, feeling sad over having to leave this city where these men had just come and tried to, to uh, assault and, uh, and, and do despisingly wicked things to those men. And, uh, and the situation, all, all of that, I, I, I don't think I would have been, I would have been standing around. But the Bible says when the morning arose that he told them to come and, uh, and, and then they, they went and got him. They laid hold upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife, upon the hand of his two daughters, and they brought them forth and set them about the city. Verse 17. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest thou be consumed. Okay, so the men say, here's our advice to you. Get up in the mountains. Get away from all of this. If you don't, you're going to be consumed. Okay. If that's where you think we ought to go, I mean, you know what's going to happen in the city. You're going to destroy it. We're going to to go do what you said. Point us in the right direction. Tell us where it is that we need to be, and we'll get there as quickly as we can. That would be a, a normal reaction under these circumstances, I would think. But that's not what Lot did. Look at verse number 18. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my lord. I don't, I don't think I want to do what you said. The angels, we're going to destroy the place, get out of here. Well, no, no, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then he goes on to explain his reasoning. Verse 19, Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast shown unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, Lest some evil take me and I die. Lest, I, I can't go to the mountains. I mean, there are bears in the mountains. There may be mountain lions up there. There are snakes crawling around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, there, there's some evil may maybe take me and I, and, I, and I would end up dying. And so he's got his own solution. Verse number 20, Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. Now, why do you suppose Lot would prefer to escape to the city? 
because that's where his heart was. Sodom and Gomorrah were being destroyed. If Lot had his way, I venture to say that he would have preferred that not happen. I, I would think he would have said, Lord, is there not some other way you can take care of this problem instead of destroying the city? Lot loved the world. Lot was, was deeply involved in the world. He was not just involved in the, the, the activities of the city that were normal and right. He was involved in the wickedness of the city. And he was in a position of leadership where he was helping make the rules that defended those practices. He sat in the gate of Sodom, which meant that he was, he was one of the judges. So he was helping to defend all the wickedness. And the, the angels said, we're going to destroy this, get up in the mountains. And they said, well, wait a minute, I don't want to live in the mountains. How about if I just go to this other city over here? That's, that's just a little one, but let, let me go to, the, go to this other city over here. It was sort of like a, a guy who is a developer. He develops big properties and and, uh, and, he, and, and his practices are not always what you would call uh, ethical. Uh, he did some things under the table, did some things were a little, little shady or whatever. And he's building these, th- you know, and he's making lots of money. And he's, and he's uh, 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 you know, doing hurt to other people because of what he's doing. But, he, but, he's, but he's, he's enjoying it and things are, are going well. And then he gets caught. And they say, now get out of town. Well, they don't, they don't go somewhere in the wilderness and hole up. They go find another town where they can do their dirty deeds. And, and, and they, they follow around. And, and so Lot said, I don't want to go to the mountains. Let me go to, a, to another city. This is a small one. And... Um, Verse 21, he said, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not over the city, overthrow this city for which for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything until thou become thither. Therefore the name of this city was called Zoar. And the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. So Lot goes off to Zoar. Verse 24, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord of heaven and overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord and he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah toward all the land of the plain and beheld and lo, the smoke of the country country went up as the smoke of a furnace. It came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities, overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. Now Lot survived all of that mess somehow. Whether he deserved to or not is another issue. But he managed to survive it all. But his wife didn't. We're not told much about his wife. We don't know what her actual attitude was. But we know three things. Number one, that when he told them to leave, 
she lingered. She stayed there and, and, and waited. She was one of the ones that the, the men, the angels, had to come and grab her by the hand and pull her out. Number two, she looked. She turned around and looked back. The only thing that look could have meant was that she was feeling remorse over having lost what she loved. The thing that she embraced so strongly and that meant so much to her, the thing that was the focus of her life, it was now going up in smoke. She was not interested in going where Lot was going. She would have preferred to have gone back. And then number three, she lost. She turned into a pillar of salt. She lingered, she looked, and she lost. Now we, as believers, going back to the passage in Luke, where it says, remember Lot's wife. All of those things that Jesus is talking about is about people that ignore the warnings. People that say it doesn't matter. People who said you know what, I'm enjoying being involved in all of this stuff that the Bible says we're not supposed to love. Now there's a difference, there's a difference between enjoying what God gives you and loving the world. Um, There's a song that keeps coming up on my Facebook feed. Pedro Colon posted it. It's a song from back in the 50s or 60s, maybe the 60s, I think, done by a group called the Seekers. Anybody remember the Seekers? Remember hearing about the Seekers? The the song, there's a, a verse in the song that says, if they gave me a fortune, and, it, and, it, and it's all about I, I know I'll never find another you. you. It's the you know relationship. But anyway, if they gave me a fortune, its its value would be small. I could lose it all tomorrow, and never care at all. Because the only thing in the song this person is concerned about is her relationship with this this other person. I'd rather I'd rather lose everything I have. But, but maintain the relationship that I have with you. Well, that ought to be our attitude with the, as far as the Lord's concerned. We have all kinds of earthly possessions, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with having those things. The problem is when we love them so much that we look at them and we think, man, I hate to lose all of this to go to heaven. Hate, I, I, I hate to have to give all of this up because uh, the Lord's going to take me home. That kind of thing. That's not, that's not a good way to think. The Bible says we're to set our affection on things above and not on things on this earth. And when we love the world so much that it affects our relationship with the Lord, then we're in, then we're in, dangerous, we're in dangerous ground. And that's the warning that Jesus is giving to his disciples, and to those to whom he's speaking in and the book of Luke, chapter 19. Don't be so caught up. Don't be so, so consumed with the things that we have on this earth that it causes us to love less 
the things that God has in store for us in heaven. Lot's wife is a picture of somebody who did just that. She didn't care about what the angels were saying. She didn't care about what the Lord was doing in her life, the fact that he was, he was, he was delivering her from what was going to be certain death. What she cared about was what she was losing that she loved so much. And there's a reason why Jesus said, in the context of those stories, telling about his return and, and, and the, you know, the situation comes and, and you're out in the field, well, well, wait a minute, I got stuff in my house, I need to go get it. Or on a rooftop, I need to go get in, in the house and get it. That's a picture of somebody who loves that which is worth nothing to the point where they're going to lose the thing that is worth the most. And uh, so remember Lot's wife. She lingered when, when he said, get out of here. If you don't, you're going to die. She looked back with a desire to remain in possession of those things that she was losing. And she lost. She turned into a pill of salt. Lot survived, but she didn't. May God help us not to have the attitude of Lot's wife. May God help us to keep our values right and our focus on what he's doing in our lives and what he has for us down the road. There's nothing we have on this earth other than family and, 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 and people that we know that are, that are uh, loved ones or friends who, who we want to go with us to heaven that's worth us endangering our relationship with the Lord. Be careful and don't live your life like Lot's wife did. Let's stand together. Heads about eyes closed. Father, thank you for the warnings you give us in your word.